Can you believe a little senior from high school writes stuff like that? That is awesome. Just so proud of her and what God is doing in her life. And uh, I know that God has been ministering to her heart. Um, she'll be headed off to uh, the School of Ministry in September, probably. Or not the School of Ministry, the School of Worship. As she came to talk to me about it, I said, well, are you going to teach them or what? <laughs> um, but uh, again, she just wants to learn more and more about it, and God has gifted her already, and so be, be praying for her and her family, and that God provides everything needed for her to be able to go and be a part of that. And so we're just so blessed to be a part of her life here. And so now that we are still... <laughs> We are still in Matthew chapter 8, so great segue. That's, <laughs> so if you can, make your way over to that chapter this morning, and we will jump in soon enough. Um, a couple of weeks ago when we got into um, Matthew chapter 8, um, I got to cover like three of the scenarios that were in that beginning, like in the first part of chapter 8. And so we basically did that, that half a chapter there um, as we covered those three scenarios. And then last week, I, I truly thought that I would be able to do the same thing and then finish up the chapter. Um, and, you know, on Sunday mornings, I'm usually up super early, man, just kind of going over it, praying over it, um, seeing what, you know, any little changes, if anything, you know. And, and so as I was uh, just kind of Praying over it yesterday, last week, I realized that um, that I really wasn't going to be able to, to finish the the last or the whole chapter. You see, in, in there's three different scenarios as well, and I thought, oh, three in the beginning, three at the end. I'll get done with them, and and you know, I tried to tie them all together because there is a theme, there is a thread that that goes with what we're covering. And even before I got to church, I realized ah, I won't get to that third scenario. And you, if you were here last week, you realize I didn't even get to the second scenario. And so we're going to be in chapter eight for at least one more week. <laughs> you know, and, and part of this whole thing, I'm going, why am I trying to hurry up? Because there's so much there. And I wanted to hurry up to kind of move along and and I, again, man, I, with the best intentions, I thought I should. And, and then God says, no, there's a lot here and just take your time. And your people are patient with you. And they, um, you know, my, my heart is to teach you the word of God and to go as deep as I possibly can, as deep as I can go, you know. And I know many of you guys can go way deeper than I could ever take you. But so that, again, that morning as we started um, as we started the service, I, I, I just couldn't go on. And there's an old saying that says that a, man sh a man's got to know his limitations. And I'm still trying to find out what my limitations are <laughs> as a pastor. <laughs> how much I should give you, how much I shouldn't. How, how, how long do I go, how long do I not go. And so anyways, let's, let's read from verse 18 again. This is what we covered last week. Verse 18 to 22 is what we covered. We'll read it over again. We'll go to verse 27 today. We'll cover from 23 to 27. So, it says, Then 
And then, and when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him, awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Father, we do want to just be still and hear from you this morning, Lord God. Lord, your word is powerful. It, it is living. Lord, I, I, I pray for wisdom even as I deliver this message. You know what's on my heart, Lord. You, knew, you, you know the things that you have taught me in the past and the things that you taught me as I was studying this, Lord, right now. And so I want to deliver it, Lord God, with boldness, with clarity of heart. And so, Lord, help us, Lord, this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. It is precious. It speaks to us, Lord. It leads us and it guides us, Lord, even through times of trouble. Calm my heart, even right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's funny because there's times that <laughs> I was joking around with one of the young ushers out there, and I'm, I'm out there now, I'm pumped, I'm ready to get up and put me in, coach, put me in. I'm ready to go. And sometimes I just have to calm myself because I could get going really quick here. And I, I, I don't, anyway, so I want to, just want to share that with you, man. I'm just excited to share this portion of scripture, and I'm glad I didn't rush through it last week. I really am. And so, beginning in verse 23, where he says, now when he got into or into a boat, his disciples followed him. We know from the other gospels that it had already been a long day for Jesus of ministry. And Jesus was always ministering. Jesus was never not at work. He was never not on mission. He knew what he had come to do, and he was going to fulfill it. Now, he understood that his mission, his main mission, was to come and die for the sins of the world. But in the process of him coming and teaching us how to live this life that, that, that the world is so against, in the process of that, he taught, us, he taught us how to live and how to give out to others, how to be here for other people. And we see that totally in his life. He is constantly giving of himself. He would go from sun up to sundown. He would never stop ministering. 
And even at times at night, he would get away up into the mountains to pray all night. And then he was ready to go the next day. And so we see that if you read the, the gospel, we see that Jesus is always going and going, going. And so it was another one of those long days. And yet we never hear that anyone had, had, had just ministered to him in any way. No, no, nobody was, 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 was coming to him, letting him get some rest, bringing him some food. I'm sure those things had happened, but we never even hear that, that they even let him go to the bathroom. It's like, man, take, take five, take 15, Jesus. Take, take, take a lunch, you know. We, we never hear about that. Now, I totally understand that he didn't come for us to serve him. He came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He always did that. And it seems as though Jesus was giving and giving all day long. That's just who he is. And, and again, what a great example for us, you know, that that's what he has called us to give of ourselves, to pour ourselves out all day long, everywhere, anywhere, that we are supposed to be following Jesus in that sense. And so he had been giving and giving all day long, and now it was towards the evening time. And they still had to cross the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee itself is about 13 miles long and about 8 miles wide. It's a big lake. They call it the sea, but it's a lake. It's a huge lake. Now, Jesus had already given the command to depart to the other side. And again, we saw that in our last study last week. And here, here's part of the thread that, that, that we start seeing in these three scenarios that he had said, you know, gave the command, we're going to the other side. And now he gets into the boat himself. And so when it was time, he got into the boat, knowing all the while, as we've read the story, if you know the story, already knowing what this trip was going to, to bring. He knew what it was going to bring about. He understood because he is God. He knew what was going to happen, and he still got in the boat. He still, he still got in the boat there. They would have to sail at least 10 miles from, from Capernaum up here down to the east side of the river or of the lake. So, so there was still a lot to do. And still he gets into the boat, even being weary all day. But, but understand this, he never stopped to think, you know, we shouldn't, do, we shouldn't get in the boat right now. We, we, we shouldn't do that because it's going to be a hard thing for my disciples tonight. He, he didn't even think about that. At least I don't think he did. He, he didn't think, man, they're going to freak out. They're going to be in such a panic in a little while. You know what? The best thing to do is just stay on the shore. Let's just not go tonight. But you see, there was an important appointment that he had to be at that next morning. Not that he was not thinking about his disciples. But he never stopped and said, it's just going to be too hard for my people. It 
it tells us, or I'm here to tell you, that following Jesus is not always easy. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I don't know if, you, if you've ever acknowledged that in your life. You know, if somebody told you, hey, come to Jesus and it will always be easy, they lied to you. It gets harder. And, and I tell people, I think, I think my, my last 17 were harder than my first 20. It's gotten tougher. You see, he often leads us because he goes before us. He often leads us into hard places and hard situations. Situations and places that we don't understand. But you see, he never asked us to understand. He asked us to follow him. He just said, follow me, trust me. Not understand what I'm doing at all times. And that, that would have been awesome if, if we could understand what's in front of us. It's almost like what Gabby was sharing. You know, She wants to know what to do later. Well, God kind of is revealing things, but he didn't say exactly how it was going to go. His disciples, his disciples followed him into the boat. These men had already started following Jesus when Jesus was going about and he was calling to them, hey, follow me. And these guys had already left everything behind and they're following Jesus. And they've already started seeing a lot of the work that Jesus is doing in people's lives. And so it, it's, it's no big deal for them now to be all in because they are all, they are all in right now. And so when he walks in, onto the boat, they're following him right into the boat themselves. Now, I don't think that they had to go on this mission if they didn't want to go. If they're going, hey, you know what, Jesus? I think I'm going to stay behind. He probably said, okay, it's up to you. But we're going to the other side. I truly believe if, if some of them would have said, I, I, I don't want to go on this mission, he would have said, it's okay. But I, I guarantee you, they would have missed out on the blessings and the trials that were before them. They would have missed out. Because he, he was still going to be teaching them along the way. And even when they get there. And so they didn't have to follow him on this mission to get to the other side. But if he is going or if he is leading, I truly believe that the follower of Jesus should desire to be right next to him or right behind him in wherever direction Jesus is going in our lives. I truly believe that his followers follow him into his boat into the boat. If he, if he leads you to this direction, we are to follow. If he goes in that direction, we are to follow. Wherever he is at, we should be desiring to be where he's at and not go, go ahead, Jesus. You go ahead with your bad self and you take whoever you want to take with you. I just kind of want to sit back here and, and do nothing for you. If he gets into the boat, then our desire should be to be in the boat with him and not on the shore without him. Understand that. Because again, we don't have to go do the things that he has called us to go do. But I would say it's much better to be with him than without him. If he's leading, if he's guiding. As hard as this trip was going to be, 
as we look at this scenario here, as hard as it was going to be, he never said, "Uh, I feel bad for them. I'm not going to lead them into these hard places. I think oftentimes we want our, our lives to have just smooth sailing. We, we don't want any rough waters. We don't want no storms in our life. Please, Jesus, no storms. Right? That would be ideal. And if you're not going through a storm right now, praise God. Some of you are coming out of a storm. Awesome. Some of you guys are headed into a storm. Some of you guys are right in the middle of a storm. Praise God for those times that we're not in storms or coming out of storms, but be ready because there's always another storm. And I think those are the times that I think even as we look at this morning, those are the times where it builds who who we are in the storm. As hard as it was going to be, to be with him in the boat, it would be much harder to be on the shore without him. And I encourage you in that because oftentimes we want smooth sailing and the best thing for us would be rough waters only because that's where he's at and that's where he's leading us. And sometimes we're going, I don't understand it right now, Jesus. He says, well, I didn't tell you to understand it. I was getting in the boat and so if you're my follower, you should be in the boat with me. The best place to be. And so it says... And suddenly, verse 24, a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves, with the waves, but he was asleep. So they had already launched out. Like I said, it it would be a great little, you know, a good little trip. So they launch out and they are now on the lake. And, and, and there is enough time from away from the shore to the other one that they really just couldn't run right back to the shore or, or swim right back as it began to arise. They're basically probably in the middle, five miles in to this, to this place. I'm just assuming you, you can't get to either place. It's like, ugh, and everything arises. It was probably smooth sailing, getting to that point, and all of a sudden starts, something starts up. But it's long enough for them to be out far enough and enough time to where Jesus has gone down, it says on, on, in, in the stern or uh, on the backside there, to sleep. So again, I'm sure Jesus talking with the guys like, okay, it's time for me to go take a nap. Time for me to go take a nap here. And it says that a great, fierce, and violent storm arose. And the, the word great here in the Greek is megas, where we get our word mega from. And words like extra large and jumbo and, and super are associated with that word mega. Now, from what I have read and from what I have heard, it is not uncommon for something like this to occur on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee sits like 700 uh, feet below sea level. And, and Mount Hermon, which is just north of the Sea of Galilee, is like 9,000 feet above sea level. 
and there's mountains that surround that whole valley there. And so it's not uncommon for the winds to get whipped up and come down upon the Sea of Galilee. And, and within minutes, you're in this crazy storm. So, so this is probably what, what, what has happened, that the Sea of Galilee, which is very unpredictable, all of a sudden these winds come down off these mountains, off these higher elevations, and within minutes probably, they are caught up in this storm, and there's nowhere to go but fight this storm, be in the storm. The great thing about this is, Hey, there's about three or four fishermen, professional fishermen, that have lived on that sea forever, all their lives. So it's like, oh, we're in good hands because these guys, they're fishermen. They've been in these kinds of storms before. They're experienced. So no worries, right, mate? (laughs) There's no worries Jesus can go take his much-deserved nap because he's been working all day long. He's been ministering to people. And so, Jesus, just go take a nap. We got this thing, man. We've been in these kinds of, of storms before. But wait a minute. <laughs> as, as we're looking at this, it, it, it almost seems like these guys are a little shaken here. They're, they're, they're a little uh, upset. Have these guys been away from fishing for so long? Have they been away from the Sea of Galilee that long that they had forgotten about these kinds of storms? Or was the storm just that big? That was just mega, jumbo, super. From the other Gospels, we know that the, that the boat was getting filled with water. And again, I'm thinking, I can't believe that you guys haven't gone through this kind of storm before. But this must be a doozy of a storm for these guys. Because all of a sudden, it says that his disciples came to him. And as I read it like that, and his disciples came to him, I kind of think like, oh, well, now that they're following him, and, and their lives are in his hands, and, and when trouble arises, what do we do? We come to Jesus. You know, it's almost like you, you want to read it that way. And so his disciples came to him. <laughs> they came to him. They ran to him because they want direction, guidance, some help. That's what you're supposed to do. And that sounds like the spiritual thing to do. When there's things coming, then you come to Jesus. And he wants to hear all that you're going through. But I don't think that's the scenario here, (laughs) that calmness. (laughs) This phrase does not seem like it's a calm phrase where it says, Lord, save us. We are perishing. (laughs) I, I think it's more of a sense of urgency and panic. Lord, help, save us, we're, we're perishing. And I love how Mark's Matthew puts it. It says, teacher, do you not care? We are perishing. Do you not care, Jesus? You know, I don't think it was a nice, calm, easy voice. Hey, who wants to go talk, who wants to wake Jesus up? I think they're all like running in there 
to yell, to get his attention, to bring him out of this dead sleep, to say, don't you care what's happening in my life right now? We are going to die. Because that word used for perishing means to destroy fully, to be lost, to lose, to die. Don't you care about my life? I'm about to lose it. My life is gone. Again, it, it, it's quite possible that they had, they had faced some challenges on that sea. But this one, this is the big one. This is the granddaddy of them all, probably. It's, it has to be if they're freaking out that much. But wait a minute. Haven't these guys already been with him enough times to know how, how he ministers to people, how he heals people, how he has compassion on hundreds if not thousands, and the work that he has already done? Haven't they already seen miracles in, in, in how he ministered to other people's lives? Peter, come on. Your mother-in-law, she was so sick the other day. Don't you remember and how he just came in and touched her and the fever left her. Don't you remember those kinds of things? These people that he, he had already ministered to? Jesus cared for others more than he cared for himself. So how could these guys come in in this panic saying, Lord, save us. We are dying. We are perishing. How, how could they say, as, as Mark says, don't you care? I don't, I don't know if you've ever gotten to that point in your life where, where you've kind of told Jesus something similar to that. Don't you care? Don't you care what I'm going through right now, God? Do you not see the storm in my life right now? That it is about to swallow me up and I could barely breathe? I'm drowning here, Jesus. <laughs> Do you not care about my life? I, I don't know if you've ever been there. Maybe you have. I've been there many a times. And I hate to admit it because we should know better, right? But there's so many times that I'm just going like, you just don't understand, Lord. You just don't understand what I'm going through, man. Try being a pastor one day. <laughs> You know, <laughs> try ruling the world someday. Jeez, try ruling my family, Lord, my job. You don't know what it's like to work construction. You don't know what it's like to. You know, we we do that oftentimes. We might not say it outwardly, but we we kind of insinuate that all the time when we when we're going. I don't I don't know if you can handle this one, Lord. How could these guys say these things? But we do the same thing. You know, a certain thing arises in our lives and, and all of a sudden we think, man, this is the granddaddy of them all. Just like we said about the other one that just happened last week. <laughs> we do the same thing. It's like every one of them is the biggest crisis. Every one of them. And we cry out and we basically say, Jesus, you don't care. You really don't. 
Because if you really cared, you wouldn't have told me to get into the boat. You wouldn't have gotten into the boat. These guys had failed to see several things. First of all, they are not running to him because they know that he is in control. That's not why they're running to him. They are running to him because they are freaking out. They are freaking out with life and with the storm that has hit them out of nowhere. And this one has to be the biggest one. Second, back in verse 18, one of the threads here in in these scenarios is that Jesus had given the command to depart to the other side. Now, it would have been different if Jesus would have said, hey guys, let's give it a shot tonight. I do have to be there in the morning, but we have like a 50-50 chance that we're going to make it there. (laughs) That would worry me. If Jesus says, I don't know if we're going to make it. I could see them freaking out over that. So because of what Jesus had commanded, there was no way. There was no storm that could stop them from getting to the other side. There was no storm that could ever stop them. It doesn't mean that there wasn't going to be a storm. It just wasn't going to drown them. He didn't say, hey, let's go about halfway and then we drown. Some of you guys might make it. Some of you guys might not. He didn't say that. And the last thing that they failed to see was that Jesus was asleep. Now, if Jesus would have come out of the boat in panic mode, (laughs) can you imagine Jesus running out of the stern? Oh, my God! Oh, my God! That would have been very disheartening. If Jesus all of a sudden is is like going, what are we going to do, guys? Um, I don't know. I thought you... uh..." You see, and that would have been even funnier. If, if he would have just, because I know if I was him, I would have done that and just freaked them all out even more to where they're jumping. <laughs> like, come back. But again, can you imagine if Jesus is freaking out? If he comes out of there all in panic like they are and nobody knows what to do. But he doesn't do that. He said, we're going to the other side. He, he, he was asleep. He was at peace. And I know what people say. Well, he's God and he knows that. It's like, I know. He knows that. And so if he's asleep, if he's not going like, guys, let's, let's pay attention here. If he's going, I can't sleep because it's going to be hard. He, he is asleep. Knowing that they would make it to the other side. Again, it was not going to be easy. And Jesus didn't say they were going to have smooth sailing. He didn't say any of that. He just said, we got to get to the other side. He gave that command. And so he was resting peacefully. So this must be a test. (laughs) This must be. It has to be a test. If he is calm, cool, collected, taking a nap because he's ready for ministry the next day, then something is happening in this situation to test these guys. I, I think 
It's the way that they went about it that showed their lack of faith. You see, fear, and he, he says that in verse 26, why are you fearful? Fear had gripped their heart. They truly thought that they were going to die. And so that's kind of understandable, right? When, when fear grips our heart because of what's ho- happening in my life or in our life, then, then I have every right to be fearful if I think I'm going to die or, or, or if I think I'm going to lose it all or, 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 or however the situation is in my life. I should be okay or it should be okay for me to be fearful. But when fear enters in, more often than not, faith is out the window, always. When that happens, when fear grips our heart, then faith is out the window. It's hard for us to really trust when we're so fearful we're going to lose it, lose it all, that we're going to die. And Jesus says, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. What is being tested here is their faith. And I've said it before and I will say it again. A faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. A faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. Our faith has to be tested constantly to grow us in Him, to mature us. In, in these strong trials, these, these storms that come our way, these small storms and these mega storms that are coming our way, it tests our faith so that we can trust Him through anything that happens in our way, in, in our life. In, in other words, the rubber has to meet the road at some point in our life to see where you are at in Him. If you're still willing to follow Him, are you willing to follow him? If, if Jesus would tell you, hey, um, I'm leading you here, but you're probably going to freak out and think that you're going to die, but I'm going to get you to the other side. How many of us would go, I'm all in? Or we would say, I think I'll skip this one. And I think the easiest thing for us to think is like, no, that one's too hard. I don't want to go through that one. And I could guarantee you, if we had the choice, knowing what was ahead, we would say, I want smooth sailing. And Jesus is going, the easy road is not always the best road. I have to bring you into the storm. I have to allow the storm to rise up, to strengthen you, so you could see my power. And so was Jesus leading them into this, this storm so that they could be strengthened? Because at this point, we're looking at them going, these guys are freaking out. And they are professional fishermen, most of them. But it is at a point in their life that Jesus is going, I have to let you go through this right now to strengthen you for what's ahead. They needed their faith to be tested even as they got to the other side and what was going to be in front of them there. And they were again going to see Jesus' authority and they could learn from it. But they would have to come back at one point and they're going to face the people that they always have to face. 
And so Jesus is teaching them in the middle of this lake, in the middle of this storm. Did Jesus know what was about to happen? Yes, he did. And he gave the command to go the other side. Did he know that they were going to freak out? Did he know that fear was going to grip them? Yes, he did. Of course he did. But he's not done teaching <laughs> that day. There were still some more lessons to be learned. In faith and in trust. Jesus knows what is ahead of us. And he still leads us into a boat. And as his disciples, we are to follow him into that boat. Because that's where he is at. Oh, later on we'll see another scenario where he tells them to get in the boat and he stays. But it's another test for them to trust as they go out that he would still have his eye on them. But on this particular time, he is in the boat with them and he is asleep. If we want to be with him, if we want to be in his will, if he goes and leads us into this scenario, but he has gone before us, then that is where we're supposed to go. I love the fact that, that at one point Moses... When, 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 when the people were being rebellious, at one point the Spirit of God tells them, Moses, you go on ahead. I'll send an angel for you, but I'm not going with you because if I go, I'm going to kill all you guys. And Moses still said, if you don't go, we don't go. I'd rather be in, in your hands with your wrath even than to go without you, God. Those are times, guys, where as hard as it is in our life, and no matter what you're battling right now, and you're going, I can't handle this. This is too big. He's going, am I, am I, am I panicking? No, I'm not. And you see, again, we, we could always go, it's like, but, but Zeke, he's in heaven and we're not. It's like, yeah, but he's given us his Holy Spirit, and there's peace and joy, and rest, and all those kinds of things that come with this whole thing in our lives, guys. Because these storms don't stop. Oh, we might be in, a, in some smooth sailing right now. Right on. Praise God. But there's always storms. And they come up out, out of nowhere sometimes. They were done on the shore that night. They were done. There was no reason for them to stay on the shore. It would have been safer for them to stay on the shore, but they were done. That next morning, they, they had to be on the other side, on the east side of the, of, of the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus was going to be doing some work. They needed to be with Jesus, not on the shore back there in Capernaum. They would get there the next day. But their faith needed to be tested so that they could be trusted. For what was ahead. The lesson for them and for us is that when Jesus gives his promise, when he gives his command to depart to the other side, he will come through. He will. No matter how great, fierce, brutal, big, mega 
jumbo is the storm. It doesn't matter. He will get us to the other side. Our problems, they look huge and they look big. And look at what Jesus does here in verse 26. Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. Look at what he does here. He rebukes the disciples first. (laughs) And then he rebukes the wind and the sea. It's almost as if he knew that the wind and sea would obey him in a heartbeat. There's a bigger issue than this mega storm that is happening right now, and that was his disciples' hearts. And he deals with what's more important first. Oh, there's a little rebuke and, and, and admonishment here. Don't get me wrong. But he deals with the bigger issue, and that is their faith. Not the wind, not the storm. He takes care of those things. The fear that gripped them. He wanted to calm their fears. But he had to challenge them first and say, why are you fearful? Have you ever asked yourself that question? When you're going through it, why am I being fearful right now, Lord? Why, why has fear gripped me that it almost paralyzes me and I can't function right now? What, why? why what, 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 what's my relationship like this looking like right now that I'm in that place? You know what I love about this? The amazing thing about this is that even though they came to him in fear and not in faith, he still acted on their behalf. He didn't get out of the boat because he could walk on water anytime he wanted to. He didn't get out of the boat and say, you guys deal with it. (laughs) Done. I'm done with you guys. I'm done. You've seen me go through all these things. You've seen me do all these things and you're scared right now. There's fear that's gripping you. I'm in the boat with you. He still acted on their behalf. I love that about him. Because we get fearful. That's a reality. I'm not here to say, hey, don't ever be fearful. We, We do get fearful. But he challenges us on those things. And he says, why? Why do you have so little faith? And so he kind of rebukes them. (laughs) But he still acts on their behalf. He still acts on their behalf. Now, if if they would have come to him with all confidence and said, "Um, hey, Jesus, wake up, (laughs) wake up. Um, There's like a huge storm. It's a mega storm, just so somebody writes this down. It's a mega storm out there, Jesus. And the boat is filling up with water. Yeah, it is, yeah. We're still making it to the other side, right? <laughs> I, I, I could almost guarantee you, he said, do you guys need me to go stop the storm or something? That would be great. That would be awesome, Lord. Because I, I know that either way we're going to make it. I'll be right there, man. Let me put my shirt on. That would have been a whole different scenario. (laughs) 
he would have stopped the storm either way. He was going to stop it. He was going to get them through. But I love the fact that he puts it this way and not the other way, that these guys were so godly, so holy, that they just calmly, hey, Jesus, take care of it. Because we don't do that. We don't always do that. We freak out. We're in panic mode oftentimes. And we're like, <laughs> and Jesus goes, calm down. The Gospel of Mark says that Jesus rebukes the wind. And he tells us here, too, that he rebukes the wind. I think, wouldn't that be awesome if we had, like, he would do that here in Phelan? It's like, peace, be still. I've tried that several times. Hey, we're just living in a windy place. We'll take it. And it says that he, he says that in, in Mark, that he says to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind and the rain and the storm just. And the word be still means be muzzled. And I love the fact that it is the same Greek word that he uses when he shuts up demons when he tells them, be quiet, be muzzled. And so it begs the question, was this storm from the enemy? Was this storm from Satan? Because that's a possibility. Was he trying to destroy Jesus? Was he trying to destroy the, 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 the church before it even got started? Maybe, possibly. The Bible does tell us that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And sometimes Satan does cause some windstorms to arise out of nowhere in our lives. So is it possible? And even if it is possible in our lives that Satan does those things, Jesus is capable of silencing him. And he's given us the authority to use his name to do the same thing. To calm down the storms in our lives caused by the enemy. You see, there, there are different kinds of storms in our lives. And some are from the enemy. Some are just storms, guys. Some, some things just happen in our lives. Sometimes we end up creating storms, don't we? Just because we need a little drama in our life. <laughs> some of you, some of us. But sometimes God... God brings storms into our life. And I know that we would think, it's like, no, Jesus, Jesus would never cause that. It's like, well, he knew what was going to happen. And so I don't know where this storm came from. But Jesus wasn't freaking out. And he doesn't freak out about any storm, no matter where they come from. He, no, he never freaks out about those storms. Storms come and go, no matter what kind of storm it is. They come and they go. But his promise, his promises are dependable. His promises are reliable and they are trustworthy. And his promises, they don't go away. They stay forever. In, even in the midst of the storm, his promises are true. When mega great tempests come into our lives, we are to come to Jesus, not so much in a panic, but even if you do. <laughs> but we are to come to him. 
and find out, Lord, where's the storm coming from? Is it from my own doing? Because I need to settle it. Is it somebody in my life that is just trying to cause this ruckus to happen in my life? Where, where's it coming? If it's the enemy, Lord, give me wisdom to rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. But Lord, if this is a storm that you're leading me into and you have me in the middle of because there's testing to happen, help me to learn my lesson right now, Lord, because I'm freaking out. I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm ready to jump off the boat. It's hard. Ask him those questions. Because he will bring a great, a mega calm, as it says in verse 26. And there was a great calm, a mega calm. <laughs> because he's able to do that. In verse 20, or 27, it says, so, they, so the men marveled, saying, Who can this be <laughs> that even the winds and the sea obey him? I like the way the Amplified puts that phrase there. And the men were stunned with bewildered wonder and marveled. In other words, they were amazed and blown away. They're like, did you just see what he did? <laughs> Again, can you imagine? <laughs> they had already seen him heal the sick. They had already seen him cast out demons. They had already seen him do all this stuff already. And now even the forces of nature, <laughs> they obey him. They're under his control. Can you, who is this guy? <laughs> And aren't you ever in amazement when God kind of calms something in your life and you're going, who are you? Why? Why would you even call me to follow you if you're that awesome and amazing? Who am I? Oh, that we would be in wonder of who he is. Because he does. He calms the great fears. He calms them. Those storms that are in our lives, he just has a way of settling them or just kind of getting us through. And as we get to the other side, we're just going like, Lord, why are you so good to me? <laughs> Even in the lack of faith that I had towards you, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Jesus wants to show his powerful power, or his power, his mega power in our lives. And he will continue to blow us away if we let him. But we have to be in the boat with him to let him blow us away. You know, the, the, the sea, the water, the deep. In, in ancient times, man, it was one of those great mysteries because people didn't know what we know and we still don't know all that's there. But they considered it as one of those dangerous points. And to, so to be on the water was the unknown. And Jesus had taken, taken them out to the unknown. I think it's like some 80-some feet in the middle of, of, of the Sea of Galilee. And so it's like nowhere you could go. You know, he, and he brings us sometimes into the great unknown. And then this wind just starts. And he does, regardless if you're panicking or you come to him really calm. He wants to come and minister to you right where you're at. I love the fact that even though it's blowing and windy, he still wants to blow us away. Let him blow you away, people. 
Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord. Lord, as I think about this story right here, Lord God, and so many correlations to our lives, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Lord, we're just like these guys. We see you do work and wonder in our lives, in other people's lives, Lord God. We see it always. And yet, Lord, there's still times that we come to you going, don't you care? Do you truly not care for me, Lord? So sorry, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we do that. But I thank you that regardless of how we come to you, we do come to you, Lord. And you still act on our behalf. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Lord, as believers, help us to walk in your faithfulness, Lord. When we can't do this, Lord, help us to lean on you. Help us to run to you. Help us to wake you up if we have to, if we think we should. Help us to be there right with you, Lord. So thank you so much. I pray for anyone in this room right now, Lord, who may have come this morning. Lord, maybe they've just been so far away from you, Lord God. They're just they're still on the shore. They didn't even get in the boat. And Lord, they've been struggling <laughs> even when there's no storm. And so, Lord, I pray for those who may be just so far away from you that you would draw them back in that they would desire more of you, Lord God, to be next to you, to get in the boat with you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would draw them back, Lord, and for anybody, Lord God, who, who maybe is here, Lord God, who's never asked you into their life, and you've been calling them to follow you, but they've been too afraid, Lord. I pray that this morning you would calm their fears, calm their hearts, they would come to you. And so if that's you, if you're here this morning and maybe, again, you've been coming, but you've been so far away, or this is the first time and you're not a Christian and you want to be, just raise your hand right where you're at. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the Lord would just truly do that work in your life, that he would calm that fear right now that you have. Is there anyone? Thank you, Lord. Father, please, Lord, Continue to go with my brothers and sisters. Strengthen them. Minister to them, Lord God. Lead them, guide them, even through the storms, Lord. Get them through the storms. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.